What is going on, guys? Welcome back to Creeps in the Crypt. As always, this is Eric, and I'm joined by the lovely... Christian. And Sam. So, this episode, everyone, we had to give you a little palate cleanser with Lavina Fisher. This is your was she a palate cleanser, though? Yeah, is this really... Well, did she really kill anybody, or was it Hobbabaloo? That's a new word I'm for sorry. Her. What? It, that, that's... <laughs> Yeah, was it was it uh, was it just Hobble, fabric? Hobbleblue? Who? Yeah. What the fuck? Hobbledygook. <laughs> I can't even. I, I mean, if we're if we're doing an ep- if we're doing episodes from the golden age of serial killers, she was America's first female serial killer. How could we not allegedly? Do that? Allegedly, allegedly, uh, she it, was. It, she could have been. The sad thing is, like any old timey woman that's like killed a shit ton of people is always like touted as the first female serial killer so it's it's hard to know i would say the the original first female serial killer would be elizabeth bathory america's first female serial killer elizabeth bathory was not no she was not she was not american i want to do i forget her name but i know the cos the quote-unquote cosmetic she made or women who I don't remember. Oh, was it pubic wigs? Was she making merkins? Aqua Tafana. That's not her name. Aquafina. No, we'll we'll talk about it later. But I want right. to do her. Bailey, I I found her through Bailey Syrian, and honestly, she's a mood. So I don't know what the fuck you just said, but all right. Listen, I work with Gen Zers now. I don't even know what I say half the time. Okay, Gee, at least you know what Riz is. I had me. I know I had to have I had to have them explain to me what Riz was. Yeah. Well, yes. let me tell you about somebody who's got a lot of Riz. And it's not you. It's no. It's not. I am dog shit. <laughs> um, but it is tonight's topic. He had a lot of Riz with people under the age of twelve. I feel like that that has a name. He was rizzing them up left and right. I feel like that has a name. It's 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 not Riz. It's molest. Oh, molest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're talking about Albert Fish, folks. I think they can read. I feel well, like- these you guys wanted him, and he I wanted, wanted him. him. I wanted him. No, no, I'm talking to the listeners. He has been requested several times. He is amazing because they didn't know about the old show. The newer listeners, some of the old heads know that we've covered him before, but never, never this quite like this. Time. This is technically our third time covering Albert Fish, and this is going to be fucking glorious because we're doing it right this time. We did it right the other time. No, 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 no. We are going. He's Albert Fish. I feel like he deserves deep the, down there. We yada yada. <laughs> we yada yadded a lot of what was there before. I am going to go ahead and say. Much like we do with Carl Panzeram. There needs to be a mega disclaimer on this episode. On this one and the next one. Yeah. Honestly, ne- just put a whole disclaimer on Summer of Slaughter. Yeah, but Honestly. specifically, this episode and the next episode, maj- majority of next episode, though. This one isn't this one's horrible. Bad. This whole series, if you listen to this all the way through, you get a great job sticker. You- Grape job, you scratch and sniff it, it smells like a grape. <laughs> I was like, are you having a stroke? No. Because <laughs> like his whole jaw stroke. Did, did you ever see the did you ever watch The Whitest Kid You Know? No. Oh my god. There's a great skit 
Uh, is that where you pulled that grape job from? No, um, that's actually like a scratch. I based a lot of our relationship off of that funny joke that you've ever told me. Yeah, no, no, no. This is a guy who worked at a marketing firm for a grape juice company, and he came up with a character called the Grapist. Shut the hell up. I'll show you guys the clip. What? If, if you've never heard of the whitest kids you know, please look up the whitest kids you know, Grapist. It is no. the funniest fucking shit I've ever listened like watched. Is he dressed like Grimace? He is dressed like a... Don't you disgrace Grimace he like is, that. Well, I mean, I've seen a lot of shit with the Grimace shake lately. But <laughs> he is dressed like a bushel Grimace. of grapes. And he tells these kids he's going to tie them to the radiator and grape them in the mouth. And it's so fucking funny to me. Sam is shot. Shock. It's fucking great. But we're not here to talk about grapes or grapist. We're here to talk about Albert Fish. We're just here to talk about rapes. But before we get into the episode, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of molest in this episode. Um make sure you guys download the episodes. Uh it really helps us out, and that's how we know that you guys are listening to us. You're really making a selling point for these downloads. <laughs> uh please please download our show. Um that's how we get paid now. So we we get we make money now. We get monies. Yeah, money me now. Money me now. Money me please. Uh download we got our episodes. To buy. Yeah, we got cat treats to buy. If you want to keep our kitties fat with fish, download our episodes. It's, it it'd be great. It'd be a great time. Um Get out. Let's have a You've great time your, this episode. You have reached your grape quota. I can't wait to grape me in the show. mouth later. I'm going to grape you in the mouth later. All right, I hate Sam. I so much. Without further ado, <laughs> let's get into Albert Fish. I thought, didn't you need to do crypt keeping? I just did it. No, the reviews. Oh. You can't promise people something and not deliver. Okay. You so fucking dried up these grape. Are, oh, uh, that's a raisin, madam. <laughs> There's a name for that. I'm uh, going to throw this at you when I'm done with it. I mean, it would be the first time a woman's thrown things at me. Um, it's definitely not ass, right? What? <laughs> I hate it here so much. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to dignify that with a fucking response, you kumquat. So, we have a new system for reviews because Spotify lets you interact with each episode now. Not the old ones, but the new ones. So you can actually leave what you thought of the episode. So this is our first comment from Renita's Collective. That's my friend. Oh, is it? That's Renita. Oh, okay. Well, she says, finally, up. I got up to date with the episodes. I absolutely adore you guys. Uh, from serious moments to goofy cryptid horniness, Christian. Mm. She's obsessed it's always with obsession. F- it's always <laughs> a fun time in the crypt. Thank you. We try to have a great time in the crypt. Uh, let's see. We got one more. Listen, I don't need a fucking puppy pad when Zach Bagans gets brought into it. So <laughs> if my obsession is over. Yeah, you can get the fuck over yourself. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. I don't need, right. I don't need okay. rubber. I don't need rubber sheets wrapped around me for that one. I don't know. I've seen you think about the Jersey Devil I before. I was literally going to be like, Jersey Devil. He's literally, listen... <laughs> Look, oh. look at her trying to defend herself. One. One. Mm. One of. One of. One huh. of. That's fine. Um, Nicole Alessandro says, love all three episodes. She's talking about the H.H. Holmes series. So nice. if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen. Hell yeah. By the way, the cats need a fish party. Well, what do you know? They're getting a fish party tonight. <laughs> Hope you're ready, Salem and Lucy. Uh, they're not up here right now. They're like, we don't think that there's a lot of graping going on that we need to be they're, involved. They're like, in. uh, I don't think this is the kind of fish we're into. <laughs> so, uh, Sam, without uh, further I just ado, just put two and two together. Oh, yeah, no. you like that? I didn't even, uh, I didn't even really get that going until like just a second ago. I was like, well, here we go. We're getting a fish party right now. So, Sam, without further ado, please take away Albert Fish. So he is known equally as the werewolf of Wisteria, the ogre of old Wisteria, 
the gray man, not to be confused with our local lore down here, the gray man of Polly's Island, the moon maniac, the boogeyman, and the Brooklyn vampire. I feel like you should cut this like a wrestling promo. Like, the werewolf of Wisteria, the ogre of old Wisteria, the gray man, the boogeyman, the Brooklyn vampire, Albert Fish. He's been watching way too much Monday Night Smackdown. Monday Night Raw, madam. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's Friday Night Smackdown. Oh. I uh, know. yeah. I've been watching wrestling. If if anybody wants to talk wrestling with me, uh, because of the Randy uh, Macho Man Randy Savage stuff, um, nothing but wrestling vignettes have shown up on my social media feed since. So um, I can't imagine why. I mean, yeah, no. But continue on. Albert Fish is one of America's most vile and horrifying pedophile slash serial killers of all time. And I will agree with that. This dude's depths of depravity is bar none. By far exceeds anything we will ever do. And look, I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum when we research this episode. There is not a single kink that this guy did not try to explore. That was a really weird way of saying kink shame. I mean, you know. That was really... I say some weird shit, but that was weird. You've never heard that? No, no never in my life. I'm not life. trying to nut, yuck your yum, dude. Like, but maybe sticking. Yeah, but we're, you know. we're going to get there. All right. You're getting too excited, Eric. I'm so excited. I, I've never. You, he needs puppy pads. Over this way. Summer <laughs> Slaughter. I, just need, out. I, I need a puppy pad for Summer Slaughter. Because this dude is the most demented motherfucker. On the planet. And I don't think there's been a killer since more fucked up than Albert Fish. I will go out on a limb and say David Parker Ray, but he's fucked up in a different way. Yes. Like, there's no, like... Yeah, okay. I feel you on that one. When we cover him, it will be... It'll be wild. There's going to be one episode that's just going to be... I don't even want to listen to that episode. Fucking, in, like, literally an audio tape. It's like him. an hour long. It's 45 minutes and 86 seconds or some shit like that. 86 seconds? 86 We've listened seconds, to yeah. it, like, multiple times. 86 seconds. We creeped out our I, I couldn't go any further than that. I had to be like, I have to There's round it. There's only 60 uh-huh, seconds yeah, in a minute. It's that fucking bad. I just, like... 46 seconds, 80 or 46 minutes, 86 seconds is where I went with it. Yep. Because I'm like, mm, this is, this is terrible. Okay. Anyway. Don't fucking judge me. God damn it. Uh, there's no judgment over here. Well, I'm, I'm not, not judging. I only throw shade. I don't throw judgment. Look here. Don't make me quote David Parker Ray on this one. <laughs> You're going to start using the David I will chug this Celsius and then throw the can at you. And I don't want to chug my Celsius. If you throw it can at me, I'll cut your tits off. <laughs> I fucking hate you so much. But we're not here to talk about David Parker, right? So let's move on. I feel like you've said that to me before. Sorry to interrupt, but mm-hmm. I feel like that's been a, a, that's a great insult, dude. A great I love it. Threat. The child killer and cannibal claimed to have quote children in every state. And boasted that he had killed, molested, tortured, or eaten, and or, I should say, anywhere from 100 to 400 children. I would say his molestation rate is probably that high. I I would say he's probably only eaten maybe a handful. I mean, that that the 1 to 400 is just like an all-encompassing for all of those. Like, the total. Oh, yeah. No, no. I 100% believe that. That is horrible. He was a master at his craft when it comes to that shit. That's a weird that okay. That's a weird way of putting it. He could he could do uh, a TED talk on raping and killing. I hope he doesn't. Well, he's dead. So. Well, yeah, but And <clears throat> there would be a whole subsection on like Mutilating yourself. 
Because that's what he was into, folks. Damn, I have it. He hasn't even been born yet in the episode. I know. We can't even get there. Calm down. All right. Sorry. Let me, let me, let me just. Cross your legs. Do you want to read? Do you want to read this episode? All right, then. Shut your mouth. Okay. Like most notorious serial killers, Albert Fish had a, to say he had a very rough childhood is the understatement of the century. Hmm. Hamilton Howard Fish, a.k.a. Albert Fish, was born on May 19, 1870 in Washington, D.C. to 75-year-old Randall and 32-year-old Ellen Fish. They lived on B Street Northeast between 2nd and 3rd in Washington, D.C. He was the youngest of the living Fish children. There was Walter, Annie, Edwin, and then Albert. Well, Hamilton, whatever. Um... Randall was a Potomac River boat captain and a 32nd degree mason. Does that mean like the, does that mean like that's like the top Masons? tier? That's like top tier. Like that's a Freemason. Yeah, Freemason. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. Because it was capitalized and I didn't, like obviously it wasn't uh, like a no, Mason. No. If you're 32nd degree, you're like deep in the fucking order. But that makes sense because he was in a very prestigious family. Um, that like some some members of the family were like politicians and shit. Yeah, the um, he was Albert was named after Hamilton Fish, who was some kind of like not congressman or anything like that. I don't, I forget what it was. Dog catcher. No. Mm-hmm. Um, by eighteen seventy, he Randall was a fertilizer manufacturer. Which oddly seems like the mob's version of waste management. Yeah, that makes sense. That's that's the vibe I got, but I could be wrong. He was named after a distant relative. Albert was small, modest, and rather quiet. He had one of those faces that could blend in with the crowd, which is honestly the both best, both the best and the worst you could be as a serial killer. I feel killer. like that's. Almost every serial killer, though. Because, uh, I mean, there's some outliers, but a lot of them yeah. are like, ah, oh, he was such a normal guy. You know, you never would. I never suspected it. Right. He is. He just, he was just kind of there. Yeah. Like, yeah, like pretty much like all of them. Yeah. Like all the major, major ones. Now, granted, there's some freaks like Richard Chase and stuff, but. Yeah, but there's ones that's definitely like stuck out more than the others. Oh yeah, like, but the, but feature the wise, the ones with the highest kill counts always are these guys. That, I agree. I'll, I'll, that are like, yeah. oh, I never would have suspected that from him. He he was so car- compartmentalized when mm-hmm. it came to that shit. Because they're calculated. They are sociopaths. Yes. Mm-hmm. So his family had a long. Long history of mental illness. Probably from the inbreeding that the upper class likes to do, especially at that time, to keep the bloodlines pure. Yeah. That that was a thing that was rampant in the higher echelons of society back then. Which is weird. And it, I think it kind of still is today in a weird way. Yeah, but there's laws against that now. They yeah. have to go royal distant. Yeah, but it's like, oh, this, you know, fifth cousin twice removed type of thing. It's what like, does removed? That I'm not 100% sure. Is that, I hear that all the time, though. Yeah. Like, so that's, what my, is, that's my like, third cousin twice removed. I'm like, I don't Oh, all right. That's worth a Google later. Anyway, yeah. so his uncle was diagnosed with religious mania. In my little grippy socks. Let's go to the lighthouse. Grippy sock. I've heard horrible things about that place. Grippy sock vacation sounds amazing. Right? So his mother had visual hallucinations as well. Three other relatives were diagnosed with mental illnesses. So we're already off to a bad start genetically, right? Yeah. That genetically is the right word to use right here? We got... Basically, the starter to a serial killer soup. Yeah. All the only thing we're missing now is a head injury, which I don't think he has any. No, but there's there's enough in his serial killer soup makeup. To, they didn't. He he don't need it. Cereal we good killer here. Soup. Ugh. That sounds awful. It does. 
I mean, it's going to be his life experiences that are going to shape and mold him at this point. It, he, it, it's he not is, great. He is worse off than Carl Panzram. Yeah, I would say like at birth, yes, he already has a head start on Carl Panzram. And yeah. oddly enough, their stories kind of mirror each other in a weird fucked up way yeah a little that's why that's why i correlated the two yeah i mean i definitely did like when i was reading the book that i got um deranged what was it deranged Deranged by harold Uh, yep harold Schechter. Schechter. uh phenomenal book it goes in great detail he's probably one of my favorite true crime writers but yeah i i was like oh wow okay um this is very carl panzeram-esque i agree So when Albert was just five years old, his father died of a heart attack right in Pennsylvania. um, I believe it was a train station. Yeah. It's. You talked about how his dad was like old as dirt. Yeah, he's 75. So he passed at 80. Yeah. And his mom was like, what? 32. So already. There's some stale cum in the mix on this one. Ew. It's like old and just diluted. Yeah. Anyway, afterwards, his mother became overwhelmed as a newly single mother. So she put him into St. John's Orphanage in Washington until she could afford to take care of him on her own. I don't know where the other siblings are because it only says that she put him in the orphanage and well, they weren't hair kids to begin with, were they? Were they from a previous marriage? Maybe? No. No, they were, they were all her kids. They were all her. Oh, okay. So I don't know where they went. I tried to find it out. But in the, in the reference to St. John's Orphanage, it just says she put Albert there. So maybe another family member took care of them and they didn't want to take care of Albert, which would give well, him. Well, he, he was the baby, so maybe they were. Old enough. Old enough. Possibly. But then why wouldn't they take care of Albert? Anyway, I'm, I'm anyway. So this place, St. John's Orphanage, is now famous for the physical ab- abuse inflicted on the children. And the children were even encouraged to inflict abuse on each other. Which nine times out of ten turned into sexual abuse. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. It was while he was living in the orphanage that he adopted the name Albert, which he chose as a tribute to a dead sibling to escape the nickname Ham and Eggs. And I don't really know where they get that. Hamilton. Hamilton. Ham and Eggs. Oh, Hamilton Ham and Eggs. That doesn't... It's the the 1800s, Sam. They don't have cute nicknames that are... This is the best they could come up with. Oh, what? They had to do better than that. He hated that nickname, though. I would hate that nickname, too. Hated it. Stupid. He I would change my name to avoid it also. In the jazz industry with the name Ham and Eggs. Why in the jazz industry? Because they all have, like, funky, weird names, man. Oh, that's fair. So, while at the orphanage, he sang in the choir as a soprano from 1880 to 1884. Funnily enough, he would uh, want to be a castrato. I hate you so much. (laughs) Albert's life only got worse, like mine right now, and he started to suffer abuse and was neglected by the other students and staff members. But later, Albert claimed to have enjoyed the abuse that he endured. He internalized it and, and, like, loved it. He I, relished in the abuse, unlike I mean, Carl Panzeram, who hated it. I mean, I guess that's one way to get through it is to, like, train your brain to enjoy the thing you hate the most. Like, I, I hate doing dishes, and I make myself I mean, do hey, them. look, he misyelled that shit, man. He flipped Put it and reversed it. <laughs> He's like, well, y'all want to beat me? Okay. Put that thing down, flip it, and reverse it. Did you just misyell it. it on the fucking... <laughs> I hate it here so much. So later he said to he even began to enjoy the beatings that he received. He said, quote, I was there till I was nearly nine. And that's where I got started wrong. We were unmercifully whipped. 
I saw boys doing many things they should not have done. He said he would insist that he be tied up during these beatings. And he also said, quote, misery leads to crime. I saw so many boys whipped. It ruined my mind. What's crazy is they would line like these kids up six at a time and just beat the shit out of them. Butt ass naked. So they're all seeing all the wounds that all the other ones have. And he was just like, oh he reminds me of like Colin Robinson from what we do in the shadows. Oh, when, he, when he's like dra- doing the energy vampire thing where it's like eyes glow blue and he's like, ah, fucking loving it, like irritating people. That's kind of what this is. That's how I envision Albert Fish. Why he's getting like whipped and watching other kids get whipped is he's just loving every second of it. Mm. Albert claimed that one of the older boys in the school soaked a horse's tail in gasoline and lit it on fire and that the horse suffering made him extremely aroused. Mm. He eventually realized that he was a masochist and as he grew older, he realized he was a sadist as well, making him into what's known as a sadomasochist. Like I said, we're not trying to yuck anybody's yum here. Mm. Not, we're not trying to kink shame. Mm, I'm a king shame Albert a little bit. Well, later on, yeah, yeah, but like at this point right now, it's that's it, what what this what he is is that's not a kink. This this ain't this ain't that. Well, maybe not lighting horses on fire, but oh well, that but also all of it. But that I mean, there this you go, pyromania. Right, I'm saying all he's missing is a head injury. There is not a. But, like, here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with, like, any of these kinks he has in isolation of himself. Uh, Maybe other than, like, the ones that come later on. But, like, the sadomasochism, as long as it's consensual, fine. Go for it. But his version of sadomasochism is not consensual. Well, it was at first. It was at first. It was at first. But as soon as it's a no, is it? It's a no. Yeah, no. You gotta have a safe word, man. Well, I don't think he had a safe word. No. Pineapple. I wasn't ready. But it is in pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Worst camp experience ever. What? They're, they're, never mind. I'm making a bad joke. A very bad joke. About bananas and pajamas. There's, there's they're, a shock. You make a bad joke. They're dressed like Holocaust <laughs> victims. Get out. You just ruined fucking bananas and pajamas coming down the stairs for me? They're in blue pajamas. The blue and white striped pajamas, mm-hmm. which are the exact same ruin? pajamas that Holocaust ruin, victims why wore. Why did you ruin it for me? Are they being baked into banana bread at least? Maybe banana, Maybe bananas foster. <laughs> Maybe bananas foster. Eric! <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> Speechless. It was bad enough with banana bread. Then you had to go fucking bananas foster. Fuck me. It was at this moment that we're canceled. She knew that we were fucked. We just got canceled. I'm putting an ad break right. I'm putting an ad break right there. (laughs) Uh, You said you. I said banana bread. 
We just got canceled. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I didn't say bananas foster. <laughs> Fuck me. In 1880, Albert was nine. Ellen got a well-paying job with the government and was able to take Albert back from the orphanage. Which I guess she would just like rolled up in there and was like, hey, I'm, I'm ready for my kid back now. Yeah. What if he got adopted? I mean. I'll, I'll take my kid back now. Yeah, like, I don't think the orphanage is I'm really ready to be a mom again. We're like getting them out and adopted at that time and period. Oh. Well, I mean. I think they were just like, we're just going to hold on to them until you feel like it until they age out. Yeah. Oh. Or nobody wanted Albert. Can't Aww, imagine that why. makes me sad for him. Well, his mom wanted him. No, but I'm saying before that. After after she him. went, you know, sewed her wild oats. I feel for sad. that makes several me, years. That makes me sad. For, that was like four. Okay, it makes me sad for nine year old Albert Fish. Yeah, and not you know moving forward. Sixty. Four-year-old Albert Fish. Yeah, Fuck I, I that guy. I don't feel bad for him. I feel bad for nine-year-old. Yes. But at least his mom came back to get him. Mm, you know, true. like, that's but better, better than, late than never. At least she she acknowledged that she wasn't able to take care of him in the way he deserved. Well, yeah, because she was, like, all mentally fucked up and shit. Right, and she couldn't afford it, so uh, she did what she thought was best. And I respect mm. that side of it. It just and the made, fact that she came back for him. It's just her actions led to the molestation of a hundred to four hundred children. I think you've that, done that regardless. I yeah, do, I, think, I don't. I think you. I think you would have ended up just a sociopath, which I think you would have gotten worse. I think you still would have done it. Maybe not to I, the caliber no, he did. I think it would have gotten worse the longer I, he was I, there. I, well, no, I'm saying if he wasn't in the orphanage, period. Oh. Like, that's what I'm saying here. Oh, it's like you. her actions of putting him up for putting him in that orphanage is what was the oh, catalyst yeah, yeah, yeah. to everything. Yeah. I think. Could have been a senator. I think that had Ellen, like, kept him while she was figuring shit out, I think he would have gone more. Um, Ed Kemper than... See, I think he would have probably ended up in the government working. Because most of those guys are sociopaths. Well, and I won't I won't disagree with you there. It could have been like the 1920s Ted Cruz. We'll never know. Well, yeah. We'll never know. But by the point that Ellen had came back to get him, damage had already been done. And Albert was already on his way to becoming extremely disturbed, if he wasn't already at this point. Albert continued to give himself regular beatings once he was at home with Ellen. Um, He didn't have a lot of schooling under his belt. He mainly worked with his hands growing up. As he would later on. Mm. I was waiting for it. By the age of 12, not long after he moved back home, which is like two, two, three years later, he got into a relationship with a newspaper slash telegraph boy who showed him his interest in urolagnia, which is drinking of the urine. And the forbidden Mountain Dew. Ew. It's uncarbonated. And- <laughs> this th- I had to before this next one because it's just uh, utterly fucking disgusting. And coprophagia, coprophagia, coprophagia. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Don't correct me. I'm aware I probably said it wrong. It's eating poop. E- it's a lot of word. It's a lot of vowels for eating poop. Yeah. Albert Fish was eating butt before it was cool. Gross. Mm. It brings each shit to a whole new level. It really does. <laughs> yep. His sadomasochism. I would say it brings brown nosing to a whole other level. I don't think he waited for it to come out. 
I think he let it like cool down for a minute. And then... Oh no, probably just poop right in his face. Oh, maybe. <laughs> you can't like, bring episodes like this. Like to two it. girls, one cup up in this motherfucker. Oh my! Oh my God! There's a whole generation that doesn't even get that reference. Yeah, two, most of the, most of our listeners do though. Two news gra- or newspaper and telegraph boys, and one tin can. They're not eating it out of a fucking chili can, Christian. Jesus Christ. Have some decency. Oh, sorry. A chili ring. They're eating out of that. Yeah, the chili ring. Yeah, they're eating out of the chili. <laughs> you know what chili ring is? I don't is? even know, but I don't want to know. Butthole. I don't want to know. It's the butthole. I hate it here. His sadomasochistic tendencies led him to an obsession with sexual self-mutilation. He would embed needles into his groin and stomach and flog himself with a nail-ridden paddle. Hmm. Like, till it was pulpy. I just like made... chunks of skin were coming off. Uh, ew. Gross. Mm. And well, he was like ground meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like ground pork. His, his tush was just... It was raw. It looked like a cube steak. He would also spend the majority of his weekends peeping in on young boys while they were getting dressed in bathhouses, very Jeffrey Dahmery, and would later go on to write obscene and sexually explicit letters to women whose contact information he found in the classified ads. Here's, so he here's was one for trolling you. before trolling was a yeah, thing. He was, he was just doing it for his shits and gigs. Yeah. It wasn't even for like internet clout. Back then, it was was just, I'm doing this for my own laughs. Uh, One thing he did like to do was to take rose stems or roses, the stem of a rose and shove it through his urethra. And then he would prance around in a mirror and dance with it hanging out of his cock. And then when he was done doing that, he would remove it and then eat it. The rose stem. The, the rose, yes. Okay. He would eat the rose. Bro, what the fuck? Another thing he liked to do. You're getting ahead of things to come. No, 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 no. No, he's not. No, I'm not. <laughs> Another thing he liked to do is to take long trails of cotton and shove them in his ass. That's, gets, that's getting ahead of this. Okay. Well, that... Just be wary of that. But honestly, Albert Fish was kind of ahead of his time with the rose thing. Because have you ever seen those Japanese sushi restaurants where you eat sushi off of people? Like naked people? Mm-hmm. It's could, a name for it. I don't remember what yeah, it was. I can't remember what the name of it is. But he could have been doing that at the time and had like his own like vase as a centerpiece to the table. What? Is he the chopstick holder? Ew. But just his No, piece? no, no. You just... He's he had a the, rose he's stem. He's the centerpiece. Yeah, yeah, he's the center. That's why yeah. I said he could hold all the chopsticks. He could just but, shove them I mean, all she, in his uh, ass and. I mean, what? Shove like ten chopsticks in his urethra? Yeah, they're all sticking up perfectly. Have a fine. dickle that looks like a windsock by the time it's done. Oh yeah. Ugh. Takes sounding to a whole nother level. It really would be. I don't know what that is. It's when you shove foreign ah. objects in your urethra. What Every Albert's time into. I admit that I don't know what something is, I regret it. And we tell you. That's the part I regret. Mm. She get more brushed up on. I'm so on good things. on that. I'm just not. I'm just gonna nod my head like I know what you're talking about from now on. Mm-mm. I'm not gonna ask any more questions. I'm good. Like, I, I love when she goes. I don't know what that is. I'm like, oh, <laughs> let me tell you. Eric and me get excited. We're like, what? You don't know what that is? So he continued these habits for his entire life. Getting himself into tr- a into trouble a number of different times. It's safe to say that his forms of uh, entertainment were clear signs of what was to come later in life. Mm. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Albert relocated to 76 West 101st Street of New York City in 1890 at New the York age of 20. City. Yeah, the Big Apple, city that never sleeps. He began his crimes against children at this point in his life. 
This so, is where all the molesting happened. Yeah. Well, it's where it started. Uh, yeah, that's the best way. Yeah, that's this is where it all began. Yeah, most of his crimes were uh, his crimes against children were boys, uh, young boys. He made his living doing sex work. He grew more and more fascinated with the pain of others and wasted no time learning about it. He was a very hands-on learner. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Albert Fish jerking ten dudes off. I love when I leave you speechless. I mean, you I giggled. deserved that one. I didn't, you weren't. I didn't get left you, speechless. You. I giggled. There was a point where you did this, and then you giggled. Because take it was that just, moment of it was the ah! mental image. Yeah, but, but it was still silent. It was a win. It, I'll, I'll give it to you. Thank you. You got me there. So he would lure young boys from their homes and sexually assault and torture them with the same nail-ridden paddle that he had grown to love so much. It had become his favorite weapon. As time went on, Albert's fantasies grew darker and darker, and it often ended with Albert murdering and cannibalizing these boys. So they say. Yeah. It I don't think that happened till way later on. Yeah, I agree, but it's still more often than not. Yeah, I, I don't think the cannibalization will really... He didn't really get into it until later. Yeah, I, I don't think that I don't think it went down until what we'll cover in episode two, uh, because it's yeah. it's it's this is a story of escalation to its to its conclusion. Um, yeah, because if you if you remember, it's like it starts out with whipping and all this other shit, and then it starts into like, well, I'm bored with this now. Let me paddle myself with nails. Okay, well, I'm bored with that now. Let me shove pins in my scrotum. And he tried to do it in his testicles, and that was just even too painful for him to deal with. But uh, then it was, let me shove a rose stem in my cock. And now it's like, okay, well, let me molest children. So it, it's a constant, I have to one-up things because I'm bored with what I was into. Which is how he got into every single perversion known to man. Yeah, pretty much. He, 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 he had, is a hedonistic killer to a T. I almost said he hit the nail on the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of nails. There's a lot of nails in this story. <laughs> Sewing needles. Uh, any, I, I'm so funny. Some Anyway. Ellen, his mother, had arranged a marriage for Albert, as one does in the 1800s, to a woman named Anna Hoffman. What a lucky gal. We'll call it that. Who was nine years younger than Albert. But now, just, if, you, if I just leave it at that, it doesn't sound so yucky. She was nine years younger than Albert. But, but Albert also was 20. Like, yeah, they're getting married at like fucking 12 back then right but albert is 20 mm -hmm. so nine years younger than that makes anna 11 and yeah. that's yucky well not at that time period remember we're talking about an agriculture we're most of the country still agricultural i know so you marry them off at like 10 so they can start making as soon as they can start making babies so you can get more babies to tend to the farm but it's still yucky Yes, by by today's definition, but I'm like I understand yeah, that it wasn't yucky back then. It was then. a thing back right. then. Right. But you like I, the thought of handing AG off to a 20-year-old man when she's 11, like she doesn't even know what anything is. Yeah, but back like I said back then was very different. These kids are hardened by society and life back then. Like they've been working in the fields for since they were probably five, so they they know hard work. What? It, it's a whole different, whole different culture and society back at that time. Yeah. 
That's how you end up with a 14-year-old Carl Panzerham running the rails. Yeah. This is about the same time frame, it's isn't it? It's exactly the same time okay. period. Okay. Well, yeah. So, they got married in 1898. And that's when that Albert decided that sex work wasn't a respectable occupation for a husband to have. So, he got a job as a house painter in Delaware. But apparently molesting children is perfectly fine for a husband to do. But anyway, I digress. Well, he would like to paint tuberculosis wards and things like that because yeah, he would paint. who's going to give a shit. Right. So he, he this motherfucker would go to these places and wear his overalls with nothing underneath them. Mm-hmm. Because easy access. You can take them off real quick. So he had a... Uh, Cop a feel real fucking quick and then put his overalls back on. As he was painting with lead paint, probably. Mm, that's exactly what he was doing. Yeah. So. If the and, tuberculosis doesn't kill you, the lead paint will. Don't eat those paint Fish chips. Will. Yeah. Or, um, yeah he's he's going to make you feel real uncomfortable. Yeah. So Anna went on to bear six children with Albert. We have Albert Jr. We have Anna. I guess she would be a junior too. I don't really know what the female equivalent to a junior would be. Um, Probably a junior. Would it? Maybe. Uh, Gertrude, Eugene, John, and Henry. While his occupation may have changed, his uh, extracurricular activities did not. It's important to note that Albert never abused his own children, but that didn't stop him from abusing other people's children. Yeah, he was actually like his kids showed up at the trial and said how great of a father he was. That's the crazy shit. Well, I guess there is a line that Albert Fish wouldn't cross. And he like he treated his daughters with the utmost love and respect. Well, at least they don't have daddy issues. Well, we don't know that. But, I mean... At least he tried to not give them daddy issues. Yeah. Which is more than I can can say for myself. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Albert took on a male lover who brought him to a wax museum. And it was then, at this point... That Albert's newfound fascination with penis bisection was born. And it's exactly what you think it is. Sexual mutilation became an obsession for Albert. And it made him desperate in his attempts to fulfill his dark fantasies. I mean, he loved cock. And he wanted to know exactly the inner workings of a penis. He was obsessed with it. Mm. I'm partial as well, so. Well, as long as you don't go chopping dicks off, Sam. You know, fucking give me a couple more years of being single, and I just might. Fucking, she's going to go all of Lorena Bobbitt with this shit. Fuck you, I was just about to say that. <laughs> long Island Lolita. That'd be a fun one to do, too. We could do that for, like, maybe Patreon or something. That would be a good one. That'd be a good Valentine's Day one. In 1903, he was charged with embezzlement, and he was sent to Sing Sing Prison, where he regularly had sex with men. Oh, great. They're yeah, he was, he was singing like a canary in there. He's like, oh, yes. It's like paradise. Very clever to sing at Sing Sing. Yes. In 1910, he committed his first act of mutilation. He met a man named Thomas Kedden, and the two entered a sadomasochistic relationship. Thomas was 19 and impressionable. It's unknown as to just how much of the relationship Thomas had originally agreed to, but it's implied that Albert took advantage of Thomas and forced him into more of the relationship. Yeah, they basically, so he was like a, I think like a 14 year old or some shit. He was 19, 19. And he was like riding the rails. Yeah. Uh, doing kind of what Carl Panzeram did back in the day, you know, just banging yeah. dudes and riding the rails and getting along. And he meets Albert fish. 
Yeah. And they have a three-week-long big gay orgy that was consensual for the most part right up until the very end. Mm-hmm. So Albert later suggested that Thomas may have been intellectually disabled. Just 10 days into so a week and a half into their relationship, Albert took Thomas to this old farmhouse. And we'll put a pin in that old farmhouse. I'm not sure if we're going to get back to it this episode or no, the next it, one. It'll be, it'll be the next one. I want to say this farmhouse is different than the one that comes up later. Is it? I believe it is. I thought it was. Anyway, irrelevant. Yep. So possibly put a pin in that farmhouse. Um, so he Albert takes Thomas to this farmhouse. He ties him up and tortures him for two weeks. By the end of the two weeks, Albert cut off half of Thomas's penis. He cut the head of it off. I thought it was half. Well, I mean, he cut it to where it was dangling. Like there was he he didn't cut it all the way off. No, no, no. No, he he snipped the head of his dick until it was like barely hanging on. And he started screaming so fucking much that Albert Fish couldn't fucking take it. Yeah. And Albert Fish like was like, "Okay, all right, this is too much for even me." So He got cold feet. So Albert later said, quote, I shall never forget his scream or the look he gave me. What the fuck? Albert had a plan to kill Thomas, cut him up and take his body back to his home. But it was spoiled by the hot weather. Albert was afraid that the meat would spoil by the time he got back. Yeah, that's the only reason he didn't kill this kid. I'm sure there. I'm sure this the, the ruckus he calls. Yeah, I mean, if, if look, if somebody goes to cut my dick off, I'm screaming like bloody murder, Christian. So uh, what? Everybody's gonna know. I would never do that to you. I know you wouldn't. Not alive, at least. Oh God. So instead, Albert chooses to pour peroxide over the wound slathered it in vaseline hung a rag over it and handed thomas a ten dollar bill which in today's money would be um no but in 1930 1930s money is as far as we could go back to on the the chart and it was like 250 ish yeah, something like that. In 1930. So he's like, here's $250. Sorry for cutting your dick into pieces. So imagine what what 250 1930 Yeah, it really makes me mad about inflation, but we're not going to talk about be, that this podcast. Yes. Yeah. So he handed the $10 bill, kissed him goodbye, and was like, see ya. Albert said he didn't know what happened to Thomas after he left that farmhouse. Yeah, and he and never no shows dead. back up in the record ever again. Well, it's safe to say he probably died. I don't know if he did. I, I don't know. I Because re- there's no record of his death. There's. It was the early 1900s. Yeah, but I mean, there would be like kid found in farmhouse with his cock got chopped all to shit. If they even found him that early. Or he like wandered off in the woods and. Yeah, and no one knows what happened to him. Yeah. So, in 1917, Albert's wife, Anna, left him for a different handyman whose name was John Staub? Straub? That sounds right. Something like that. Um, And he'd actually rented a room from the fishes for a period of time. Albert came home one day. It's like fucking the pool boy. Mm Mm-hmm. Anna fished. She, uh, she what? Trademarked it. He caught. He caught him a fish. I hate it here. Mm-hmm. Albert comes home one day to find his whole house. Like I'm talking furniture, mattresses, the whole shebang, empty, and his six kids solely dependent on him. Anna deuced. Yep, she dipped out. Her new handyman, and. Uh, left 
So she, he's basically like, great, like now I've got these kids to take care of. I, I have a full plate. I'm trying to molest and murder and eat these boys, and now I've got six kids to take like care of. Like I said, he's not eating children, I don't think, at this point. But well, We don't know that he's not. I, I just don't think he is because the escalation. He he's he's mutilating. He's thinking about it. He's mutilating children at this point, but I don't think it's gotten into cannibalism just yet. Uh, But that once again, it's important to reiterate that he never harmed his own children. Yes, he loved his children, and not in like the weird like love way. Like he genuinely un unconditionally loved his children. Like I said, there's always a line that someone won't cross, and this is Albert Fish's. Yep. And I even think he ends up crossing a certain line later on that we'll discuss in episode two that drives him insane. But that's not that yet. So it's said that after Anna left, he began to experience auditory hallucinations. He recalled wrapping himself up in a carpet because, quote, John the Apostle told him to. This is where we start seeing his religious drive for murder, which is what I think actually. I don't think he's actually really killed anyone yet. I think he's mutilated some people, but I don't think he's actually killed anyone yet until after this point. Right. Because. What drove him, his whole murder thing, as we'll find out later on in the next episode, is his religious reasons. So, because that makes him a religious motivated killer or a missionary killer with that. He also began to experiment more and more with self-harm. He went as far as to... um, Insert a lighter fluid soaked wooden dowel into his anus and light it on fire. So not only is he the vase, he's also the candle. Get the fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. I mean, what a Friday Night Rager. Just lighten your ass. That's a really good parlor trick. Ew. I guess he. What are you going to say? She can't even get it out. I guess he had to preheat his dinner. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh. What's on the menu tonight? (laughs) Flaming hot shit. What a shit show this is. That was funny. That was good. That was good. (laughs) I'll give you that one. If you if you had executed that joke without breaking yourself in the in the process, it would have been phenomenal. I had, but you cracked before you could get, even get it out of your I mouth. I know, but I was like, oh no, I just thought that. Oh no, I've stooped down to their level. Oh yeah. no, oh no, I'm I'm making jokes on Eric's level now. Oh, oh shit, God. what have I done? Ugh. I'm mad I broke, but I there was. It's okay. We'll forgive you on the. <coughs> Are my, you okay? We're gonna get you. We're gonna my get you. My vape just like spit back in my mouth. <laughs> Sorry, I made a face. Everybody, if you've had ever had a views, you'll know what I'm. What just happened? Um, he was also shoving more needles into his groin. He would love to shove them in his grundle. Basically, the area between your ball sack and your asshole. I thought that was a gooch. Same thing. Grundle, okay. gooch. Mm-hmm. Grundle perineum. sounds. Whatever you ever like had to like wonder about placement. Like, oh. No, he would. Sh- the whole thing with uh, that is to feel as much discomfort as possible because that was getting him off. How did he not die of internal bleeding? Uh, because he's not hitting any veins when he does it. Um. And he would, let me put it this way. He would shove them up there and they would stay in there because he couldn't get them out. It's not like he was Mm -hmm. just like, he was just jamming them up. Thank you for that demonstration. Just, you know, like this. (laughs) um, To where some of them started to dissolve in his, in his body. 
The needles? Yeah, yeah. The needles would actually start to dissolve. They're just like sewing needles. They would needles. break down. Yeah, they're just like sewing needles. Ew. Yeah, so. So, Albert, oh, Albert, began teaching his children these weird sadomasochistic games that we'll call them. It's also around this time that he began practicing cannibalism, allegedly. Um, it very quickly became another one of his obsessions. He would often serve him and even the kids' dinners of raw meat. Yeah, he, he, he was eating a lot of raw meat at the time. Yeah. So. He liked his steaks extra rare. Moving. Uh, still raw. Yeah. What like, do you do? Wipe its ass and eat, put it on his plate yeah. pretty much. Yeah, it, like he would have his kids paddle him. Like that he would bring his the kids the kids would bring their friends over to the house. Be like, You guys wanna spank me? Yeah. And they would paddle Albert with yeah. the the nail paddle. Safe to say that he was evaluated by mental health professionals numerous times. In between Anna leaving and when he committed his first murder, which we'll get into in the second episode. Well, remember, he, so remember how those letters he sent out before? Mm -hmm. He was starting to send those out again and they were way more fucked up this time around, which is what got him into trouble. Yeah. But we're not talking about that part. We're not there yet. We're not, we're not 100% there yet. No. So... Uh, each time he went in for these, like, mental health evaluations, uh, he was deemed fit for society, which I bet they regretted that in a few years. He then began well, they to... They just thought he was, like, weird, but nothing terrible, which... If someone came to me and was like, I like inserting needles into my gooch and paddling well, myself with a nail paddle... That's not a first date thing to say. He like. he got he got fucked up because he was sending all these letters out and they were getting like, you know, he'd go on these dates and the women would be like, "That's him, officer," and then they'd send him for like psyche val shit because he'd tell these women what he wanted to do to him. It's like I'm gonna shit in your mouth and have you smear it all over me. Wouldn't he want them to shit in his mouth? I mean, it goes both ways, Sam. I was just making an example. Oh, okay. Anyway. He, he likes to shit on and shit be the shatty, if you will. So it's at this time that he began to collect torture devices, such as meat cleavers, a small handsaw, and a butcher knife, which will eventually become his, quote, implements of hell. In 1919, Albert stabbed a mentally disabled boy in Georgetown. He tended to choose boys who were either African-American or mentally disabled. Very Dahmer-esque. Yeah. In, so mentally disabled in like some fashion. I don't think he really cared what way. Um because he assumed that the that they these victims wouldn't be missed at all if they went missing. He even went as far as paying other children to go out and find him. That's some other Coral level shit, man. Yeah. On July eleventh, nineteen twenty four, eight year old Beatrice Keel was playing outside alone on her parents' farm on Staten Island. He told her he would pay her to come help him find some rhubarb. And as she was about to leave with Albert, her mother came out and chased Albert away, which good for her. Uh, he later came back to the Keels farm to sleep for the night. Uh, but Mr. Keel found him and chased him away. So at this point, there's just like this weird old creepy guy. Uh, I mean, I guess he's not even really that old at this point still. Um, he, no, no, I think he, I think he's getting up there now. He was, he's got to be in like his 40s. Uh, 1870, hold on, what was this, 1924? So he's in 1870, his 1870, 54. Okay. So he's, 
a little over. He's had a long life of molestations and Mm -hmm. going just going crazy. But I mean, fifty four is not that fucking old. No, not in today's age. No, no, but he's ancient. Well, no, it's twenty. It's the nineteen twenties, so probably not. Yeah, I mean, he's still got another at least. But I guess in like from at at from his point of view. But everybody described him as just gray. Yeah, his 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 hair was gray. His mustache was gray. He his skin was gray. He was just a strange looking person, and to have this guy roaming the woods is, is very telling. Like the cops were getting alerts of. This strange gray man just out in the woods of Staten Island and shit. And that's it for episode one. So. Holy shit. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. So, as we've seen. I'm on pins and needles over here. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) And I hope you guys are on pins and needles because next week. It's going to be a rough one. And we wanted to bring as much levity to this episode as we possibly I'll could. I'll always be here for the levity. Yeah. I mean, it's been a good episode. I'll give it that. I've enjoyed this one. Um, so, Christian, without further ado. Do your job. Thank yeah. you guys so much for the shares and follows and love. We really greatly appreciate you guys. Make sure you guys have your auto downloads on and that you guys are sharing the hell out of the show with your friends and family and make sure that they are caught up with us. We are, what, halfway through Summer of Slaughter? Yeah. There's a lot of sh- stuff that's about to go down. Middle of July is the halfway point. Yep. Um, we have some exciting things planned for you guys. After Summer of Slaughter, we are getting our schedule together we're getting our tombstones in a row, as you would call them. Uh, so if you guys would like to continue on with us on this journey, we would greatly appreciate it. And thank you guys so much for listening. Stay creepy. Stay spooky. And stay safe. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.